this is another opportunity to give some love to some some amazing people who've been on our podcast and then just kind of more more gratitude there as well. Welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll have one aha moment after another. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows enough about yet. Yes, the negative noise is hiding this wave so well that we're calling it a conspiracy of goodness. It is still an amazing world out there, and we're going to be introducing you to some of the people making it that way. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of The Goodness Exchange, the mothership website to this podcast, and so much else that's going on to aggregate all the positive stuff, all the, all the things that should be rising to the top of the news cycle that we could be celebrating. The purpose of this, the website and this podcast is to put a spring in your step again, help us all live with less fear and more joy. And we can get started with that right now. Today, we're going to meet Michael Shields, arts and culture editor, writer, podcaster, producer, and an arborist. <laughs> yeah, Michael is, a, is the uh, podcaster in New York City who, like me, speaks to people who are doing amazing things all over the world. And every week, he tells stories and, and talks to folks who are filling him with delight and all his very large audience. So Michael and I got together when I was on his podcast, and we decided to swap stories about 10 of our guests, four or five from each of us that come to mind immediately when we think about ingenious ideas and helpful perspectives. This episode will feel like food for the soul because it is chocked full of quick insights and 10 recommendations for places to go next if you want your hope in the future restored. Michael is the host of Beyond the Margins podcast, and he's founder of an online literary and culture magazine called Across the Margins. Whether he's interviewing others, musicians, activists, comedians, or whoever, authors, he interviews a lot of authors, he finds something remarkable in their notions and he brings it to light and then asks all the questions you and I would ask if we were sitting right there with a cup of coffee. I try to do the same myself. So it seemed like a great idea for Michael and I to cross-pollinate and try and um, help our audiences see an even bigger spectrum of what's going on in the world that's worth celebrating. The bottom line is this. Michael and I are seeing a world full of wonder and possibility and ideas that we want everyone else to see. And, you know, don't stress about jotting down all the links we're going to give you because both his podcast and mine will have terrific show notes and a link to every single thing we talk about. So just sit back, relax, or put some earbuds on and take a great walk and enjoy this episode for a reminder of the beauty and the wonder that is all around us. Welcome, Michael Shields. Hi, good, good afternoon, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on your show, coming on my show. Thank you for letting me talk about my podcast and also to talk about your podcast. I'm excited. Well, I tell you, <laughs> we have to at least give folks some idea of how this thing all came about. I think... I think I went back and tracked it. I was on your podcast because of the book I wrote, Happiness yeah. is an Option. 
Absolutely. Yep. We did an episode fully dedicated to happiness as an option. Yeah. And then I think that we just recognized we had so much in common. You Mm -hmm. with your love in the natural world and strange things like slime mold. Wasn't that our (laughs) very... Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this, and also we saw a lot of comparisons within our podcast who we wanted to talk to and just kind of seeking out these people who are finding wonder in the world or just doing really fascinating things. And we were telling a lot of similar stories. And I think we both got excited about that. Yeah. I think one day we spent like an hour and a half on the phone one yeah. time. Just I had a glass of wine in hand and that, we were just. We were just talking about each of the stories that we, I mean, it's a gift to be able to talk to all these people and really dig into these, some of these amazing ideas. And then some of these people who are just really changing the world or bringing ideas to the table that can change the world. It's, I truly have a deep gratitude for this position that I'm in. I'm, I'm sure you're the same. Me too. And I mean, this is a real conversation. I want all of our listeners to know that this is not going to be like a steady interview that we prepared for ahead of time. Yeah. People, we're just really letting people in on a conversation that, like I said, we had one night way back and here is the culmination of it. Absolutely. No, but it's gonna be fun. This this is an opportunity. You know, I'd like we're going to talk about both our podcasts a little bit, an opportunity to kind of give give a window into to your listeners and my listeners what what happens mm-hmm. and just an idea of some of the stories and people you can come upon in this whole thing. And just I scroll through, you know, your listing of who's been on your podcast. And it's just like, it's so exciting. It's really, really exciting. And I um, hope people feel the same when they come to Across the Margin. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say one last thing. I think that we both came away from that, that getting to know you conversation that went on yeah. so long that night. We felt validated. I know Mm -hmm. that that's how I felt. Like I see wonder in the world all around me all day long. And all these these people that were writing about the goodness exchange and the people, there's so much wonder that's going uncelebrated in the world. Yeah. 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 That's what's so special about your podcast. And then hopefully both of our podcasts, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it's really, and this is another opportunity to give some love to some, some amazing people who've been on our podcast and then just kind of more, more gratitude there as well. So we're we kind of making this format up the way, as, as we go. But what mm-hmm. we decided ahead of time was that I could immediately look at the list of guests that you have, and I picked out a number of them that I'm super curious about. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided that I'll ask Michael about some of these folks and their notions, and then we'll switch roles and everybody will win. Exactly. So we picked out about four podcasts, each of ours that we've done not too long ago, and we're going to discuss each one. So I think we'll start with Across the Margin, the podcast. Okay. All right. (laughs) Now, this one was part of our original conversation, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. We've got this great episode, episode 92, that's titled Tree Beings. Talk to us about tree beings. What was fun about that? That was the first and only, and hopefully not the last. It's It's not a thing, but that was it is a children's book. And it was sent to me. It was Raymond Huber is the author. It was very great. Illustrate. It was illustrated wonderfully. I can't think of the illustrator's name right now. I apologize. But it was what was so interesting to me. I am an arborist. And so when that book was sent to me, it was just exciting to see, not just, you know, it's always fun picking up any book about trees. I was, you know, I, I'm, I, I read them all any chance I get, but it was, it didn't talk down to kids as you know i see often when it comes to like children's scientific books i mean it really it went in it was going through the layers of the bark it was doing you know different ideas uh, about trees and i i thought it was done in a way that like made it you know uh, something they can comprehend but also was fun it was tons of fun but 
It was also, it, it's kind of, I'm glad you bring that episode up. It was kind of special to me because it was the first time I brought kind of my work, my other work into the podcast. I've never, ever done that. Everything has been always about the guests and everything like that. But it was the first time I talk about what I do and, you know, and I'm not behind the computer and that's being an arborist and that's a big part of my life. And it was the first time I started talking about it. And that's something I've done moving forward. I have, you know, it's anytime it comes up, I talk to, um, couple of guitar makers who wrote a wonderful book about trees and harvesting certain trees for guitars. And we were able to talk about it in a different la- level because of what I've done. And there's been other times now. So that was kind of opened the door for me to talk about another one of my passions in there. So that episode has a big piece of my heart. And I think, I can't recall if it was before or after, but it was not that long ago with this whole concept of trees talking to each other yeah, yeah. came up. And I remember you and I were... <laughs> That, that gets me so excited. I've known about that for a little while. Suzanne Smards, her studies have really brought it to life. Uh, uh, her book, The Mother Tree, is just absolutely outstanding. But that's, I mean, there's science behind that. There's because so many people have always looked up to trees as their own being, kind of almost competing with each other, competing for light, competing for all the resources around for water. And the thing is, it just hearing that within tree communities, they're actually helping each other out. It just, I think it's just like absolute game changer. And I think so many people, anyone I talk to about trees, it's really one of the first things they bring up. They just, everyone's really excited that trees are communicating. They're sending nutrients all because of the fungal, fung, fungus is involved, mycorrhizal is involved. And it's just, it's one of the most beautiful things that, that I've learned about trees or in science. I just love it. I cannot imagine how these kind of insights must have improved your way of thinking about the purpose for what you do as an arborist. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's always been so utilitarian, kind of what counting trees and and what you can take from them. And just, it, it just kind of made me even think about how I want to approach my career and taking care of them and, and being more a nurturing tree doctor than someone who's out there kind of chopping down trees for money. You know, I want to, I want to be out there to nurture them and that kind of continue to shape my career to do that instead of doing the other thing. Because the more you learn about their wondrous ways, the more you want to care for them. Well, and don't you think there's some, we're not just talking about an arborist or being or trees, right? I think there's a, there's like a hundred thousand foot look perspective here. That's good for any, anybody's profession. Like mm-hmm. that's what the importance of new ideas and new information and not just tuning out the news entirely, because you're going to yeah. miss the good news too, yeah. that might pertain to your field. Imagine, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's I think, why we've got to focus on innovation and we got to Definitely. hear about what's happening. Because no matter yeah. what your field is, there's somebody out there pushing at the edges. Exactly. Exactly. And finally, I'm just, it's, that's why websites like yours are just any sort of, we've, we've both talked many times about curating your feeds and everything like that. Find places where you can find this information and you're going to find things in other people's field that when they say what they do, you're like, oh my goodness, I heard about this. And, you know, it just, it's, it's important to find ways to find that information that's exciting, that's positive, and it's going to change the way you look at the world, really. Okay, so the next one that I wanted you to comment on <laughs> is demonstrates the scope of our conversation. Yes. Yeah, we're going to bounce around. That's one thing, you know, about Add Across the Margin, the podcast. And kind of just my goal is to talk to as many fascinating people as I can. Whatever, you know, if a great book comes my way, great. If a musician that I love reaches out, wants to talk, I'm going to talk to him, an activist. And, you know, it's, a, I don't, it's an open door policy to fascinating people and ideas. But what's up next? What was the second one you want to talk okay, about? Okay, the second one was episode 125, 
the ah. other dark matter yes. with is it Lena or Lena? It's Lena. Yep. Yes. Okay. So this is about poop. I'll put it, I'll put it bluntly. So her whole book really talks about what we can do with waste. And, and we're talking about the human waste and just it's something we're talking about sewage. And it sounds like a pretty messy idea, but it was a beautiful, beautiful book. And because it, it was about so often, you know, on these, on, on these interviews I do, we're talking about problems and what Lena was talking about was solutions. And it was just, which was just so beautiful. It was just, it was a book full of. And it wasn't only what we can do with sewage. And the idea was it becomes a resource for renewable energy and just all of these different things that you can do with it. It wasn't about only what we can do with it. It was also what we are doing. She spoke to like the District of Columbia is doing amazing things with their sewage. New York has some plants where they're they're fueling a lot of, just for one example, they're fueling a lot of the trucks, the New York City trucks around here with biofuel that's made from the sewage around here. These ideas that that we're going to need to do to make a more sustainable world is find ways to deal with our waste. And and Lena really leaned into this. And I do want to mention this. I love how Lena leans into her specialty. Like she owns it. She, I mean, you know, anytime you see pictures of her, she's wearing a like a poop emoji hat. And just it's just like, she's just, she doesn't find it. She grew up in a situation where her grandparents and were, were farmers and they were taking they were taking the sewage and putting it on the plants. So it's never been from the animals and putting on the plants and using it in the garden. So it's never been gross to her. The idea has just never been gross to her. It's, sewage has always been life to her. And that's beautiful. And it does show, I found in that interview, it, it caused me to ponder about what other things we think of as waste yep. that could be this like enormous resource. Again, I, if people are going to know within a few minutes of this podcast, then I'm always thinking about the 100,000 foot look. Yeah, I could yeah. not listen to that episode without thinking, gosh, what else are we just throwing away? Or What other trash is our treasure? You know, and you know, there's so many things and that's what's going to be so crucial. We have to figure out how to use these things that would often just be looked at as trash as some sort of valuable resource. And I'm sure someone has an idea for all these things that we throw away. I think I, I have to say one more thing about that interview and her and like the way you're describing, she yeah. totally owns this deal. Can we give her people permission to be passionate yeah. Ab- yeah. about about stuff that we don't understand ourselves, but like yeah. have admiration instead oh. of kind of thinking of my family likes to call, call me the woman with the tinfoil hat. <laughs> I, you know what? I agree with that. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and there's a lot of, you know, I see jokes about hipsters often. And just, I just, when I think about like these people that are labeled hipsters, like they, there's jokes about things they'll do and they'll like their love of great coffee and they'll open up a coffee shop. And I just see passion there. Hipsters, they keep bees. I see like someone with a passion for beekeeping and I'm just like, yeah, you know, make fun of them all you want. But these are people finding things that they absolutely love and making a life from it. That's There's actually an episode I'm going to ask you when we turn the tables here, but that's about making your passion your life. And I just, when I see people do that and own it like that, I just let your freak flag fly. It's beautiful. Awesome. Okay, so uh, here's the next one. Yeah. Okay, so we've got episode 92 I'm recommending. By the way, everything that we're talking about is going to be in the show notes at the uh, Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, and I'm sure yours too. So good luck to grab a pen. 
Yep. It's going to be there. So we've talked about episode 92, episode 125, The Other Dark Matter. And now I'm curious about episode 105, Up From Nothing, with uh, John Hope Bryant. John is a super inspirational person. He's, he, I mean, talk about really coming from nothing, from humble, humble beginnings to becoming an advisor to multiple presidents. And he's just, what he's done with his career, it, it just one of the premier business leaders in all of Atlanta at this point. I mean, what he really focuses on his book, it's just, it's a really, it's a memoir slash like self-help book. That book is called Up From Nothing, as you mentioned, but it focuses so much on positivity, on believing in yourself and optimism. One thing he really, really believes, and I think it's because he lived it, just kind of coming from nothing to to just great successes. He believes anybody, anybody can be anything. I think for some people, it's surely more complicated than that. It, some people come from some really, really top spots. And, and just that idea could sound ludicrous to him, but he truly believes it. And he truly believes it. And that's what's inspiring. And that's why, you know, when he's, when he, when you hear him talk, you start getting filled up with, I guess I can do anything. He really sprays life out of him. And he's, it was just a gift to speak to him about this because he really, it's not an act. He really truly believes that positive thinking and these type of optimism and finding ways to really believe in yourself is going to propel you to greatness. It's really inspiring. Oh, absolutely. And I think po- positivity has gone through <laughs> through waves in the last three years. You know, they're like, I remember the first time someone asked me about toxic positivity. Yeah. Like, what? Is How dare you put those words together? I, I don't know. I, I, and I know I totally get it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, yep. there is no end <laughs> to the fakery. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the world of yep. people trying to influence us to buy their thing or to invite them to speak at our thing or whatever. Yeah. And certainly people have sucked old positivity right into that whole. Definitely. Not much rigorous intentions, but but I think that somebody like this, who's lived a life of rigorous intention, who is sharing their lived experience with us, this is what podcasts like yours and mine are for, really, is to not have to go through it ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one thing I'll speak to about him. He One thing in the book, I'm not sure I can think of all the pillars, but he has five pillars of successes in there. I think one starts with learning as much as you can, education. I know family is one. He really, really talks a lot about family and leaning on them. But self-esteem, as I mentioned, but there's one one of those pillars is finding role models. He knows you can't do it alone. You know, seek out people that that can maybe teach you something or walk you through something. And that's I was surprised to see that when I was usually when you see five pillars or something, you don't see role models. But he sees it as something, you know, he speaks to the actual specific people in his life in the book that really meant something to him. And and I guess what he was saying is I couldn't do it alone. And you know, most of the time you can't. No, I, one of the best things I've noticed over the 10 years of curating the internet, like we do for goodness and progress is that <laughs> I've decided that people succeed in groups yeah. behind yeah. every yeah. Nobel prize winner mm-hmm. is probably a hundred really mm-hmm. tired people. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Like Absolutely. this is the way it's going to go. Go yeah. forward. We're yeah, going to get definitely. out of this dark time, but yep. nobody's going to lead us forward alone. Absolutely. Gonna we're going we're gonna to do it together or we're not going to do it. Absolutely. Yes. Right. John is definitely super, super inspirational. And then I think that that kind of leads into probably some 
curiosity that I had about this episode 100. Ah, How to do nothing. Yep. It's truly. <laughs> How to do nothing with truly. Jenny Odell. It's truly one of my favorites. I honestly, and I'm holding up the book right now. I keep by my desk and just to pick it up from time to time and, and kind of touch base with it and get some of these ideas. And it literally changed how I kind of see and hear the world. Uh, it's, it's really about, it's about fighting this idea of choosing where your attention goes. That's really the idea that she has a, uh, a term she used, uh, resistance in place, which I thought was a great, great term. It's about not allowing kind of technology and kind of capitalistic value systems to define our self-worth and choosing, you know, kind of where to put our attention and, and how much power our attention has. It's what I think a quote was in it, attention might be the last resource we have to withdraw, like hold your attention back and choose what to do with it. It's also, there's, it's, you know, it's about kind of a backlash to technology, but it's also, it's a very, there's a lot of nature in the book. She talks about bird watching again. Another idea in it that she speaks a lot is about bioregionalism. And that's kind of truly knowing the environment around you, whether it's here in New York. And the more you know, the more you pay attention, the more you get from that. Walking down the street, if you silence yourself and listen, you're going to start hearing different bird calls. And then the more you hear that, it builds on itself and you start hearing your environment more. It actually, it caused me, the book kind of caused me to, I do, I run a lot and I always listen to music or I listen to podcasts. It's, when I started reading the book, I started running through, I live in a beautiful park. I started running through the park without it. And I'm like, I'm missing out. There's so much to take in that's already there. And the more this bioregionalism idea, the more you kind of know the environment around you, the more you care about it. You become invested in the health of the place because you care about it, you know about it. It's really, the book really speaks to the rewards of habitually noticing things and just, just being aware. And it just, it's just, it's incredible. I honestly, I don't know if I've recommended a book more. It was really just such a joy to talk to Jenny and I, I couldn't recommend the book more. It's awesome. Or and if you want to learn more about it, it the, the episode's great. She really talks about, really breaks down all these ideas. There's even like a whole bunch of other fun concept ideas that she, you know, puts a label on and it's beautiful. Can you refresh my memory about why, why her, what's the through line? Why did she write this book? Oh, I'm not sure. You know, I think that's a great, great question. It does. It also comes back to, I think she started with her noticing. It starts out with like her noticing a bird out like her window. And then she, she started seeing that, like what the life of that bird was. And then she started looking around and just, it was just everything built from just kind of noticing something out her window, if I'm correct about that. I know it's, it's funny. It made me almost interested in bird watching uh, by the end of the book. It just, there was something to it and just, but just noticing life around you in a different way. It was, it was really, it, I actually read it during kind of like the heart of lockdown and like, I was just walking through the park and it was a lot quieter at that time too. And just hearing, I, like I said, I was hearing the world differently after reading the book. And that's, I think there was a point too, where she talked about it. She went to a symphony and it just like kind of like shook her. Like she she started hearing things. She walked out of that that symphony and she just like was walking down the street listening and her ears were just in tune differently. And it just and I completely get that. I've had musical experiences like that. I've had quiet movie experiences like that where I walked out and my ears were just almost like super ears and I was just hearing the world differently. And it's it's pretty special. 
That reminds me of an episode I just recorded. By the time this airs, that one will be up with a a videographer named Liz McKenzie, Mm -hmm. who who was the videographer for this incredible documentary, all related to the sounds of nature and what we're missing. Uh, one of the things um, that her, the guy that narrates, and he's arguably the the focus outside of listening to nature, the focus right. of the documentary is that it's. She says something like, "It's like we've lost the ability to hear our world's greatest philosophers." Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I love that. That is definitely that's almost something that can come out of Jenny's book. That's amazing. That's yeah. your next episode. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Liz McKenzie. I recommend people. So this is what is something that you and I hope to do every so often now for our podcast audiences is just yes. exchange this kind of wonders. Thank you so yeah. much. Absolutely. Them. No, and I'm excited. Let's let's turn those tables right now to the Con- Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. I'm a fan. I'm glad that your book fell into my world because then it Led me to your website, led me to to you know, your podcast, the whole thing. So, it, and there's just so much wonder and so much to sift through and find. I mean, I this is not one that I mentioned that we were going to talk about, but when I you know opened my podcast page this morning, there was one the streets are for the people with a uh, Blaine Merker. Is it your most recent one? I'm telling you, I my favorite thing, like we mentioned earlier, how we curate your feeds to see things that that make you happy. Like one of my favorite things on Twitter is. Uh, a couple accounts that I follow that is about reclamation of streets. It shows old pictures in Amsterdam where there was cars and stuff. And like, now it's like people. And I just, I'm, I've almost become obsessed with the idea of what can be, what streets can be. They don't have to be this. And just, it happened around here in New York with, during the pandemic where they allowed all these restaurants to reclaim the parking spots. And, and thank goodness they let them keep that. But just the idea of reclaiming streets is beautiful I think he talks about, and I just love this, what makes us happiest are things that are carbon neutral. It's about people, relationships, meaning that that episode was it was really special. So that, that, thank you for that. And, and I'm looking forward to learning more about Blaine too. So I will talk about that just because I want people to understand that a lot of times I'm referring to, and Michael just did refer to articles on the Goodness Exchange as well, because yep. I came by Blaine Merker's work huh? because we wrote an article about about this company that he's working with called Gell. It's a big global company that that is fixing what happened with our urban environments yeah. in the last 70 years, because, I mean, that's the gist of it. In the last Holy. 70 years, we made our all of our urban environments, and for that matter, suburban environments, yeah. For cars and not people. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. We made it really interesting. Just like look at all these, you know, the percentage, and I, I think he brings it up, of, of paved land that is just all these giant parking lots that are like, it's unbelievable. It wasn't for us. It's not, it wasn't for people, which is wild. Yeah, um, and you mentioned about what happened during the pandemic. The great mm-hmm. thing about that is he tells this great story. I do believe, I could be wrong, but I think he was at the, his first company was at the heart of this parklet movement. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was the group, the guy, it was his, he he and his his co-owner that said one day, you know what? When you put a 25 cents in a parking meter, you own that space (laughs) for two hours and you can do whatever you want in it. You can park your car in it, but you can also, and what they did, Set uh-huh. up a little mini park in the, and then as researchers they watched what happened and That's people amazing. used it. That's amazing. So, 
Yeah. So the idea that you can, you can really like, it's, I, I just feel like often you get stuck in the idea of this is the way it is. And I just love to think about the idea that it doesn't have to be this way. And if you think we reanalyzing our priorities and, and what we need to do, and there's thinkers like Blaine out there who are really doing it in a major, major way. So one of the episodes I was excited to talk to you about, it was, I think it was just prior to that. It's a real recent one. It was with Dr. Hal Urban. And it really spoke to the power of positivity. And I think there's, there's a, I I feel like we both have a bunch of podcasts and, you know, Dr. John Hope Ryan was another one where really speak to perspective and, and finding ways to, to look through, look at what you have and not what you have. But I was curious if we could speak about that episode some and tell us what you learned from Dr. Urban. We titled it (laughs) funny because it, that's kind of the hundred thousandth look. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to look over here because I want to make sure I don't leave anything out on these and episodes. Right, yep. <laughs> Do you know what I like most about you and other ways to make life happier? That um okay. <laughs> I was going to mention that the idea of the language changes that that yes. go you go please tell us about that. Okay, so Pal is this amazing guy who was an award-winning high school teacher, like so many awards you can't even start talking about him in California for 36 years. And he was also an adjunct professor at a a very nice um, college institution in his region, too. And he has just always been one of those people who recognized right from the get-go that children perform better if if you find some way to positively influence their surroundings. They do not do their best if you aren't providing the right culture for them to do their best. Yeah, yeah. And so he, and he's really lovely about saying when he had it wrong Mm -hmm. and then what happened and almost everything he ever learned, he learned from a kid. Wow. Oh yeah. But the kids would point out that he was being hypocritical or they would point out his biases. He has so, he's so full of stories about how he really learned about the power of positivity from children. Yeah. That's so cool. And just, I mean, to speak to the title of the episode, he was talking about how he would kind of walk and meet somebody instead of like, how are you? That's exactly what he would say. He's like, you know what I like about you? That's how he would open it. And yes. it, would just, it changes the whole conversation. It changes the whole relationship and how they approach yes. each other. And I just thought that was so cool. You know, and how many times do have we think about all the people that are really important in your life, Michael, and our listeners here, mm-hmm. have you ever said to them, do you know what I like most about you? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know if I've ever said that to my own children, yeah. much less yeah. my, I think I've said it to my husband before, because he's yeah. such a funny guy. And yeah. <laughs> he, he keeps me going with humor. Uh-huh. But how often do we actually yeah. say that to the yeah. people in our workplaces that we really count on? Or yeah. do you know what I like most about you? So yeah. this Hal Urban episode is full of little nuances. Like you mentioned the greeting thing, what someone says to Hal, he goes, he works out every day. When he's going to the gym and says, somebody, how old are, how are you today, Hal? He says, well, I am so much better for having accidentally bumped into you. Oh, see, really, uh, these are day makers. And just, I mean, just think about how, how are you just kind of rings hollow at this point. And just, if you have something else and you bring something positive and, and unexpected to the table yeah. like that, it's really, really, it really can change someone's day. He talks about this great exercise my husband and I actually did it the night after I uh-huh. I interviewed Hal about training yourself to stop complaining. Wow. Oh. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's I think of myself as a really positive person. But yeah. when my husband got home that night, mm-hmm. we said, Okay, let's cook dinner and we were cooking it together. Let's see how long we can go without complaining. Because we yeah. both my husband and I are both dentists, and so we have this shared business in this big dental practice. And you know, it's got all the things that all business the world is so unpredictable now. And uh, boy, that was an exercise. Yeah, I bet I consider myself, you know, an optimist as well. And I bet I'd be surprised how much I complain too. That's interesting to kind of put your feet to the fire on that one. That's really good. What you come upon so often in the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast are just these unbelievable life-changing stories that that some of these, you know, some of your guests have had. And one of them that's just absolutely mind-blowing that I want to point to is turning pain into a teacher with Stephanie Schaefer. That episode is unbelievable. I mean, what what she went through and what she turned it into is as inspiring as a story I came upon. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, Stephanie's story? So Stephanie, I actually have two interviews with her there. I think it's in the first 10 episodes. If people go way back in our archives, we'll put it in the show notes. And there's a reason why I'm mentioning that. So Stephanie is this 26-year-old gal who was a 22-year-old college student spring break, soccer player, doing all the things, going out every Saturday night with her buddies, all that, full full form. And she went on a spring break vacation with her family. And what are we going to do today? Her sister chose to, to go. They were somewhere in the Caribbean where you could go swim with pigs. Yeah. That would say you get on a boat and you just shoot off and you go to an island and you swim with pigs. And her mother is quite a savvy woman and she did her homework because there's lots of tour operators. She picked the best one. And gosh darn it, is that book didn't take off from that pier that day. And Mm -hmm. she had very carefully chosen her seat on the boat. It was like, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 people on the boat because she wanted to get a great tan. Yeah. She she is so forthcoming about the why through this whole story. And the boat took off at about a hundred yards from shore. It blew up and it blew up underneath the seat she was sitting on and the story is so compelling i get boost goosebumps just thinking about it here there was a death in the boat that her mom was in, involved in meanwhile the long and short of it is she lost both of her legs and um then now she's this 22 year old beautiful woman who has lost her legs and she has a million other injuries as well mm-hmm. they they tell her that her injuries are consistent with what you would look like in war, the kind of injuries they see in war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? <laughs> There's a lot of that goes on in this interview and what's happened in her life, but she ends up modeling for the Kardashians mm-hmm. in the first photo shoot of folks with disabilities. And I tell you, the insights she shares through yeah. telling that story in the bits and parts, it is one of those things, you, many of those insights you can't unhear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the per- perseverance uh, and, and it's just amazing. I mean, she speaks so, you know, eloquently about giving attention to your gains and not your losses. And I mean, this is someone whose losses, uh, a lot of people, and I don't know how I would bounce back from something like that. And just perspective comes up a lot. I feel like when you're in, in the depths of conspiracy of goodness podcast, and she found a way to, to force her perspective towards what she had instead of what she didn't have anymore. And it's just that that drove her, which is amazing. And I also, there's all these little tidbits that she talks about that, that you can walk away with. And cause she talks about being kinder than you need to be. And I was like thinking about that. I'd love that idea of it just bringing ultra kindness to the table in situations where it just doesn't, you know, have to be there belong and how that can really change a situation. So 
not only was their story so inspiring and just a tale of perseverance and looking at the positive, but she just, there's so many life lessons that she can bequeath us with because of what she went through. It's, it's really, both of those episodes are stunning. Yeah. And the original episode I'll refer people to, I was a changed woman after that one. We weren't recording in video then, so it's only audio. But I had the feeling I was talking to someone sort of otherworldly because she was then only two years out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. She was saying things that, you know, should take a lifetime. Yeah. Yes. She she was saying things that should take a lifetime to come to. But so anyway, yes, that that those are really good interviews. Bring a smile to your face. So, so inspiring. So I often talk to uh, I've talked to a lot of uh, climate change journalists, uh, just really outstanding uh, climate minds on across the margin of the podcast. So I was really drawn into one of your episodes called The One Big Problem We Need to Know How to Solve with uh, I think it's Christoph Gorder. Yeah, he's from it's called Charity Water. And so it's all about water, which I mean, the more we learn about just water becoming this resource and, and just what it means to regions and just how there's water refugees now. I, I, I hate to be negative here, but I could imagine there's going to be skirmishes between countries over. It's just such a big, big thing. And just that was a really, I mean, the, the different things you guys got into about water was just, it just the scale was huge that you guys got into. But tell us a little bit about that episode. Okay. Christoph has this amazing background, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the main thing I loved about that interview is, you know how, so the whole thing at the Goodness Exchange and the Conspiracy Goodness podcast is that we are focused on solution. I know the world is a harsh, horrific place. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who are built perfectly to cover that part of the story and the equation more than Mm -hmm. me. I think if I had to tell about the problems in the world very much, I'd just be walking around sobbing all the time. I just wouldn't be effective communicator. Let's put it that way. (laughs) So so we are focusing on solutions. Okay. Christopher, Christoph Gorder said the most extraordinary, funny little thing, Mm -hmm. which in hindsight, he goes, Linda, water is one problem we know how to solve right now across the world. That is so, of all the problems in the world that we don't know how to solve or that we're struggling with, we yeah. know how to solve the problem of water. Wow. That's amazing. I just, whether I, we're doing it. And also, his charity, yeah, whether we're doing it or not, that's a whole other story. Just, yeah, his charity has raised more than $600 million and has provided clean water to over 15 million people. That is just outrageous. Okay, so the gist of what's going on here is that, uh, also you should know, charity water is one of the most important, I would say the most well-thought-of charities in the world because of the way their donors stay on board and they stay Mm. engaged. This is in the nonprofit world, that's charity water's big thing. People in the nonprofit world, almost they're like the gold standard of how you keep people giving and and engaged. And it was clear to see, after 10 minutes talking to Christoph, I knew why. Because yeah. if they have more people like you in that organization that actually communicate the story, the message, the possibility, the opportunity, mm-hmm. there's no way. I quickly signed a donation form yeah. myself afterwards. Well, he, he, got he, also, he also speaks to how the huge differences that small contributions can make. Yes. And so it's, 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 it's also inviting people that, you know, sometimes feel like, well, what is this going to do? What is the small thing? And he's like, a lot. It adds up and it does a lot. And that was really cool to hear from someone who's raised so much money. 
And that's what moved me to take care of this, this need right after. It wasn't that he's a good salesman. Yeah. It was that he made it, he made me feel like I could make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers that he yeah. gives mm-hmm. about this organization. And then there's just the great, he's such a great storyteller. He grew up in the African Republic in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. The central, mm-hmm. some central republic of Central African central republic. Republic. Yeah. republic. I'm yep. not sure what it's called now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Nigeria, so he has lived in, and he was the son of Lutheran ministers, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has, you know, he he comes from from the right background to just be like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it well, and it's possible, and let's just get to. It. Yeah. And so anyway, that's a wonderful interview. If people just want to have hope that there are incredible organizations doing. Yeah. Amazing work. Listen to the one with Christoph. Yeah, the scope is big too. You talk about the connection with climate change and scarcity of water, even like clean water and the war in Ukraine. There's just really touched on a lot, which is unbelievable. The last one I want to bring up is I love this one because it just, I always love the idea of, you know, chasing your dream. And it just, it's always sometimes, I'm sure we all run into people who are like, I want to do this. And you want to be like, just go, but we understand the risk of it. And, but it's so beautiful. And we love these stories when someone chases your dream and, and make it happen. But this episode, this is what it's all about. It's, it's make a living or make a difference. You don't have to choose with Rashawn Paul. And this is all about building a career out of what you love. And it, I mean, is the, isn't that the dream? And so this is another, you know, completely inspiring case. And, and it also speaks to solutions as well. This is someone who's really helping people you know, accelerate their careers towards well, if they want it to be social impact or whatever they want to do. I mean, he's helped 10,000 people plus kind of chase their dreams. And that's really, really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, okay, so so the book that he's written, he would be a great interview for you. It is called mm-hmm. New Reason to Work, mm. How to Build a Career That Will Change the World. That's the title and subtitle. And I tell you there, it's right down the line on what Roshan is best at. So in his story, I met him at an ideas conference called PopTech. I think PopTech was kind of the original TED before TED was a thing. Mm -hmm. And PopTech is what it is an amazing ideas conference. And he was there (laughs) representing this, this group that he started called the Amani Institute. So what he recognized when he came out of college, he has an amazing educational pedigree. Whoa, Nelly. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Done the rigorous intention on getting an education. Mm -hmm. But what he noticed was that there are all these people in the world who wanted to change the world. He's from that generation who thought, think they can. Mm -hmm. But but where colleges were educating people and what the working world wanted were just going like that. Not aligning. Yeah. No, and it takes a unique skill set to be a social entrepreneur to yep. to start a start a startup that has social implications for the good, or to just be the CEO of a nonprofit or whatever. Almost everyone that he knew in this world that he was interested in wanted to change the world. Yep. But how do you do it? So he started this institute called the Omani Institute with a, a co-founder, and they did amazing work for 16 years. And I was talking to him about this concept of, just, do we have to do one or the other? Mm-hmm. Do we have to just work for the man and then, earn money and then say, one day outside. I will? Yeah. Or can you do it both? Yeah. So I can highly recommend Roshan Paul's TED Talk, mm-hmm. because <laughs> he gets real That's about it there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And make sure that that we understand what it takes to to make social change and how the level of commitment that you have to have past the normal requests in life. Um, Mm -hmm. But he puts it in such a beautiful way. So in that podcast, we talk about how the coolest people are impact first focused. Yeah. And I think that 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 interview will make you feel good about that that there is a world and there is a pipeline of leaders that yeah. are getting the right education. A lot of uh, a lot of good tidbits about creative po- problem solving as well. Like he really he breaks it down. It's not just big scope things. It's really just you know ideas about asking more questions, advocating for yourself, and immerse yourself in understanding what is going on and stuff like that. It was really little gems of knowledge that can really just once applied can change things in your life and your everyday. That book is like that. It's very, it yeah. The book is very. You know, if you need to fix this problem. There's mm-hmm. going to be a chapter on like that, like you ask better questions and then do this and then do this. It really takes you deeper and deeper into ways that start out pretty fundamental, like ask a different question than you've ever asked. How yeah. many times do we go round and round in circles? Definitely. But I think also his book really, I, we talked a lot, that was at the beginning of the great resignation the great, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that book really brings to life all the choices we have. It's not just quit and go save the rhinoceros. It's, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to say to listeners of Across the Mars in the podcast that these are just just a few. This is the tip of the iceberg of stories and and just uh, amazing ideas and knowledge that you can gain, that you can find at the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. It's, It's just, I mean... But this is four of many, many, many podcasts that are there and, you know, check it out. And, and I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm a fan and I'm going to stay listening. It's, it's just, I learned a lot each and every episode. Well, me too. <laughs> About yeah. Across the Margins podcast. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. I had this extraordinary journey. Um, <laughs> I thought I would, I was flying from Vermont where I live to Illinois and I thought oh. I would be there in four hours, you know, best laid plans. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, my whole entire day, because it became tra- planes, trains, and automobiles, I was <laughs> listening to various podcasts of yours. And there's something about caring about things past the first soundbite yeah. that yeah. Michael Shields is doing on Across the Margins. Can we get back to some long form things? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we, absolutely. This, the, what's, the story, the what's the story bites? behind the story? You know, what, how did. Even like, how do you bring this to life? You know, what's there's, you know, it's even when I'm like talking to musicians, like getting really deep behind, we hear the songs, but then you hear the story behind it and that song becomes more impactful. And you just, it's just, there's a story behind the storyteller story. And I, that's, you know, that's what we're digging into over there. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah, sharing. This was tons of fun. I can't, you know, I, I, I know we have plans to do this again. And just to say thank you, we're both here saying thank you to all the, guests on our shows for, you know, not only spending time with us and the thoughtful answers, but just teaching us about the world and teaching us about the wonders of it. So that's definitely to do this again. That's right. And let's use one of your guests insights and choose what we give our attention to, because what we give our attention to expands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michael Shields. Of course. Thank you, Linda. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.